0: Well, I can't wait to meet our host. I hear this is only one of his beat parties. Stay positive, the love will come back to me. Stay positive, the love will come back to me. Stay positive, the love will come back to me. Stay positive, the love love, will come back to me. Hello, friends and neighbors. Harry Day, too true to lie. Back in the vehicle, heading home from a weekend of baseball, the Mississippi State Bulldogs took two of three games, the first and the third game, and the second game, Ole Miss hammered Mississippi State, but State made a good comeback today, a great time, Thir- probably 13,000 people at the... Uh, baseball game yesterday to see state lose but the friday night game was a big win and today's game was a huge win to win the series and probably seal a uh, regional host site for the ncaa tournament if the ncaa decides to overlook mississippi the state i am in banning men from from playing in women's sports now is that not insane? Yes, Harry, that is insane. But that's what—that's the world we are today in, in in politics. Men have been identifying themselves as the female gender for whatever reasons. I think a lot of it is a uh, psychological misfunction. But that's just my opinion, and I have a right to that, don't I? But some of them do it so they can win medals and prizes in sports sport races or or what have you because a man has more muscle mass and is just more athletic generally than a woman. And it's ridiculous and it needs to stop and men need to stay in the men. If you got a dick and balls, you should be in the men's bracket. If you don't, If you're a female born with a vagina and you can bear kids, then you get to perform in the female bracket. Gender ridiculousness rant over. (laughs) So, I'm trying to think, this is a few minutes ago, of a subject to talk about for the drive home so I can put together this... uh, podcast episode tonight because I need I need new music at the end. Unlike the last podcast coming up, I just used one I'd used before off my uh, catalog online. And I've got a good song picked out that I think is going to work for it. Because I've chosen the subject of North American road trip. But not so much that. Really car camping. Homeless people do it every night in every city across this country. Car camping is where you drive somewhere, you feel safe, and sleep in your car, or SUV, or whatever you have, van, where you'd have a little more comfort. Um, I slept in the Dodge Durango. I folded the seats flat and I had plenty of room to be six foot four and lay out flat, threw in a bunch of blankets and quilts and pillows that I could lay in the back. And I slept in view of the Duty Noble Field where the Mississippi State plays baseball and the Hump, which is the Coliseum where they play basketball, down at the bottom of the parking lot down there by some uh, student dorm. I think it's the student athletic dorm where they can go in and work out and swim and and do things. And only students and maybe faculty can, can go do that stuff there. It's like a big gym. I slept in my vehicle there Friday night. Now, my friend Mark Brown came up. And we went out to his uh, wife's grandmother's house out in the country about 30 minutes outside of town and stayed there last night, which was nice because there was zero noise out there because this was out there. This is literally in the sticks, which I like. I like being in the sticks, by the way. I think you know that if you listen to a tenth of my podcast. So the sleeping in my vehicle the other night, I woke up, I was kind of cold, and got in the driver's seat to go find some coffee and immediately found myself needing a restroom. So I went to a grocery store and used a restroom, and then I went to Waffle House and had breakfast and coffee, and then I came back to campus and then the coffee kicked in, and so I walked across campus to the Student Union, which is in the middle of campus, and used the bathroom again. Because that's how my body rolls. I don't hold excess baggage in my inner tubes, if you know what I'm saying. Um, that brought me to a story I was telling Mark when I told him how I had slept in the car. And he wasn't surprised because he, he knows how when I lived in California, when I lived in Oregon, and when I lived in South Carolina from Mississippi, either way, it was either 12 to 48-hour drive. And I would, like, you know, it'd get late at night if I was driving across country, and I'd find a place where I was comfortable parking, usually a KOA. And I'd pull in and not tell anybody when I came through the gate and park in between all the campers. And this is this is a specific car camp moment that I remember. There's two moments from it. Um, I remember pulling in this KOA late at night, middle of the night, pulled in between several... Uh, RVs, Big RVs. And then climbed in the back of my Suburban. Back then I had a a Chevrolet Suburban. It was kind of dark blue. Lots of room in the back. I had nine foot surfboards in the back. Because that was my surfing era. Headed to the west coast. And uh, I fell asleep. All the bedding. I think I even had an egg crate on the bottom underneath the bedding. So it was always comfortable in the back of my vehicle. And I remember that morning I woke up. And it was bright sunshine, blue sky. I was somewhere either in North New Mexico or South Central Colorado along Interstate 25 maybe. Whatever goes north-south through Denver. I remember waking up and I sat up and looked around. And there was not an RV in the lot. There was not a camper. There were, The lot that was slam full when I pulled in. Everybody asleep. sleep. And I, I went to sleep. I wake up, and it's empty, the wind's blowing, it's, uh, I want to say it was chilly, I'm not so sure if I was going to Colorado to see some friends, I must have been going that route. And so uh, I looked over towards the uh, sign-in shack, I didn't even see any cars, I mean, I saw no vehicles, so I cranked her up, and I rolled out of there, and then further up the road, when I had to go to the bathroom, I pulled off to the side and got behind my my uh, suburban, and made my own little mesa <laughs> my own little earthen mesa and uh you know I always kept the uh proper materials for using the restroom in the middle of a field or the side of the road, or like you know so say in Mexico when me and the and the two morons from California and my buddy bradley's big brother sigh. The four of us in two vans. If you read the Mexico trip, surf trip, I probably touched on this. When we entered into Mexico, we didn't know what it would be like because we were, I'd never been to Mexico. And the two California morons had only been down below Tijuana, which was Baja, which was a totally different world. It was very Americanized than mainland Mexico. So we went in, and it was weird, and we got arrested that first night because we had beer on the square and stuff. But to skip all that stuff and that episode, the places we car camped, I remember we car camped next to the ocean at dead-end roads off of highways where the dead-end hit a turnaround at the ocean. Usually they were surf spots or camping spots, and that's where we car camped. I had a van, a Volkswagen Vanagon, and uh, Parker had a—not Parker, his— moron friend I don't remember their names right now anyway it's getting warm in the car I need to turn the air up you might hear it I don't know um we the first bathroom we saw in Mexico whenever it wasn't the first day because it was dark but the next day at a gas station maybe we were getting petrol as they call it And there was females that pumped the gas in in jumpsuits at every gas station we ever saw. And we got gas all the time. We were driving the highways. We drove the entire circumference of mainland Mexico just about over 30 days. But over those 30 days, after seeing the very first bathroom, and we never saw one any better than that, think of a bathroom at a gas station, but there's no door. And I'm not talking about inside like we're so spoiled to be used to, going inside a gas station and going behind all the drinks and snacks and going into a men's room or a women's room and using the facilities, usually a single toilet, unless it's a huge place like a truck stop. This would be an exterior bathroom, an exterior door, but there's no door. And then you're looking at the toilet because the sun's shining on the toilet, but there's no toilet lid and there's no toilet seat It's filthy, like disgusting filthy. There's a jillion flies, all related probably. And we, all four of us, when we saw that first bathroom, looked at each other and, you know, seeing who would dare use it. And everybody was, nope. And so we took turns going around behind the gas station and using it out in the little uh, kind, kind of a treed desert. It had some trees, but it was still desert and rocks, kind of hilly. Well, from that point forward for 30 days on our car camping trip, we used the bathroom uh, in ditches, behind trees, in abandoned houses or in abandoned buildings, behind buildings, behind gas stations, a lot of in the actual ocean or the gulf. Um, Over behind our vans, I mean... (laughs) (laughs) When you car camp and the bathrooms you come across are filthy, you're used to going wherever you can that you're comfortable. Well, you know, my whole past of, of driving for, you know, a decade of driving across country and back and car camping and using the bathroom in the most bizarre places has, I guess, what's the word, has conditioned me to be able to go to the bathroom anywhere. This is really becoming a shitty episode. And that's not what I want it to do, but that's where we're going naturally. So I guess that's where we're going naturally. Um, gosh, all that sidebar. And now I've forgotten what I was going to hit on. You know, there goes a truck off the road up there back. Um, hmm. All the car camping, driving of all the years. Oh, like I, like my friend Brian who I dunk hunt, duck hunt with over in the delta. If he had, you know it's a it's a mile four-wheeler ride through cold weather and mud to go to the duck hole to hunt. And if he has to go to the bathroom, depending on what time it is, either the hunt is over and he's going in to use the bathroom, or he's going to go in and use the bathroom and come back out, or he'll just hold it for as long as he can. He will not just go anywhere. I've seen him go home from restaurants to go to the bathroom instead of using the restaurant bathroom. Man, if I have a bathroom in a restaurant, I, I will use it. I go to grocery stores that I'm not even shopping at to use their bathroom. Man, this is getting out of control. This is talking about using the bathroom in weird and odd places and how easy it is and how nice we have it to have clean, decent places to go to the bathroom that's not in our own home. This is un- totally unintended I was going to talk about road trips Driving cross country back Sleeping in my vehicle Well let's jump from there uh, I, I used to video In the surf days I would make videos Because we had videotape mini DV cameras I did And my friend Pat Welty Who is in film As a producer Small time producer and camera operator etc., And actor um, And he's good He's good too uh, shout out to you, Pat Welty. Um, I remember I was driving to California for the first time to live there. I'd driven out there to move to Oregon. I'd driven out there for just a uh, 2001 post-911 tour with Pat Welty. And then this time I was driving out there in 2002 to live in Southern California. I rented a room in this lady's house who I had not met. She had not met me, but somehow that worked out for a year until I hurt my leg and had to move home. But I remember I stopped, I drove from Jackson, Mississippi all the way to Fort Sumner, if I said that right, New Mexico, straight through. I drove all the way across Texas in one straight through drive, Louisiana and Texas, into New Mexico, and drove down and it was dark obviously it was probably middle of the night by the time I got to Fort Sumner and I parked right next to where Billy the Kid's supposed grave is it's his grave they just don't know if he's down there or not no one really knows where his bones are could have been washed away in a flood one year they say but they his headstone his tombstone kept getting stolen and so it's strapped down with iron straps and bolts to concrete but I remember I I was trying to sleep in the back of my vehicle. I had my middle windows down in the Suburban. And it was cool. In fact, it was pretty cold. But I had a heavy-duty sleeping bag. And so I'm... uh, Yeah, I'm going. I'm uh, trying to go to sleep in the back, and I can't. I guess I either got warm or I couldn't sleep, and the moon had come up. And so I got up on my roof... With my sleeping bag. I think I was laying on top of the sleeping bag. I remember it was cold. And I was just watching the moon. Slowly crawl across the sky. Right next to Billy Kid's grave. And one of his Tomo or I don't know. Some of his buddies back in the day. In the Lincoln County War. Were also buried there with him. And. uh, I couldn't go to sleep I guess. And so. I get back in the vehicle, I leave my windows down like, you know, four or five inches crack to let good air in, because I had, like I said, very thick, heavy duty sleeping bag. And I remember I'm laying in my vehicle, it's really bright outside because of the moon, but I finally fall asleep. And it, it was like, immediately I'm dreaming that I'm awake, but I know I'm asleep and like there's a hand reaching through my window. And I see it like a man's hand with no rings or anything, just a big, thick man's, white man's hand coming in towards me. And I instinctively raise up and try to bite it. With my teeth, obviously, I try to bite it. And when I do that, I wake up and there's nothing there. And it's cold and I'm like, Oh, that's not real. Thank goodness no one's trying to grab me through my window. I mean, I don't—I know I didn't have a pistol with me. I'm sure I had a knife. I don't even know if I had a knife nearby. I used to not believe in needing that stuff. Um, but I didn't have kids. I was single. I didn't need a lot of money. I got a little bit from my parents. I worked odd jobs. You know, when I mean odd jobs, I don't mean rake Mrs. Molasses's yard and cut... Joe Schmo's yard and just odd jobs here and there like I would get a job at a pizza sandwich shop or I would get a job as a delivery guy I mean I I had jobs and I would just you know work them for a while and get tired of it and do something else and so the old bite at the ghost hand was so memorable and then I remember I fell asleep real hard after that and woke up first light and it was freezing cold. Why I waited until first light to be freezing cold because I had a long video of the temperature and me talking about Billy kid's grave and biting at the ghost hand. And then I cranked, cranked up my motel and took off for California. That was car camping. I did that a lot surfing up the east coast, up and down the east coast. On the east coast when I had that van, and this was probably before the Mexico trip, could have been after. It was in the Bradley Stevens era when I lived with Brad. We would drive down to Florida in my van with all our surfboards, a little bit of food. We usually brought our own food. We never had very much money. And uh, my plan, and, and, and they were cool with it because sometimes you couldn't find a place along the Atlantic. You couldn't stay overnight on the beach at New Smyrna where you could drive down the beach to the point or to the river mouth, whatever you wanna call it. And you couldn't stay in Bethune Park where they had this bathroom that had no doors and had glory holes in every wall. And I remember me and Brian and Susevich all had to go to the bathroom we parked at Bethune Beach went in there and sat down in the three stalls and we looked up and we could all see each other in the mirrors above the sinks and then we saw the glory holes I don't know how we didn't notice we going in and we laughed our heads off about that it was hard to go to the bathroom because we could all see each other so strange man it's just, the the moments you remember aren't always the the cleanest sweetest moments Although I've got lots of those with my children and my parents and some dear friends. But seeing these two guys, you you know, we could see each other from like, you know, the sternum up. Each of us sitting on a toilet. (laughs) No doors on the stalls. Glory holes on all the walls. It was just bizarre, man. Why do I always find all the bizarre stuff? I'm glad because... I want my life to be as interesting as possible, and you can't just sit on your ass and have an interesting life. You gotta get out and go. Well, we drove down one time, and I think it was just me and Brad. It might have been me and Brad and Seuss. I'm not sure. It might have been me, Brad, and his brother Si. We drove down there, and we need. we decided we didn't know where we were going to surf yet because we didn't know what the waves were doing. So we decided let's find a place to stay now. It wasn't quite dark. And so I was like, I got an idea. The coastline, the whole beach is walled in beach houses. And all the ones on the Atlantic Ocean are up on poles, pilings as they call them. So when you have high, super high tides, I'm letting someone wave through a, I'm waving someone through a stop sign here in Louisville, Mississippi. Okay, I'm safe, yeah. Um, so I was like, these these places are always empty. And they are. The, all these beach houses are, people are only there a couple of weeks out of the year or during the summer or whatever it was. I don't remember. This feels like it was in the spring. Or it could have been the fall. But my, my little trick was, you just pull up under a uh, beach house that there's no cars at, and you don't see any stuff on the decks outside, like towels or floaties or, you know, it just looks buttoned up. You pull up under those, and that's where you just car camp. You stay up under uh, someone's beach house, and no one's going to mess with you unless someone comes home, and then you're like, whoa, sorry, and then you go find another one. But that hadn't that didn't happen. I don't think that ever happened to me. I always found a place. No one ever made me have to leave. It's that good karma. You know, you keep that good karma, and you get good karma, right? There's a, You know, there's this whole thing, me and a friend girl, a lady friend of mine. She's not my girlfriend or anything. She's my friend. And we have this talk about karma, where you have karma. And if you do bad things, bad things come to you. And if you do good things, good things come to you. And if you are typically always doing or being a good person, you will typically have good karma. And the same goes with bad. But then here's where my argument comes in. There are always agents of karma. And by agents of karma, I mean like you see a guy at a football game and he's being mean to his wife or son. And maybe he kind of smacks him on the head or does something rude that you would never do and you can't believe they would do that to a little kid. And so you're thinking, well, his karma, bad karma will catch up with him. Well, sometimes you can be that karma. Does it affect your karma if you catch him under the stands and smack him upside the head because he hit a kid? Even if he didn't, I mean, he didn't put the kid in the hospital, but it's like, no, you don't get in the way with that. And you catch him, no one's looking, and you open backhand him in the head. Bap. Karma, buddy. We feel like, and that's my argument, does that affect your personal karma when you are the instrument of karma to those who are bad, who need their karma checked? Think on that. I want y'all to think on that if you're a karma person. Um, I'm not so sure karma is Christian, although they, they can't intermesh, whereas you just be a good person. I mean, Christianity is so simple. Be a good person. Be a good neighbor. I mean, you know, give when you can give. Why people hate Christianity is beyond me, unless they just don't like good people. I don't get it. But that's the way it goes. Let me check my time here. Hold on a second. trying to drive at the same time I'm driving with my knee right now so I can punch this button how many minutes have I gone only 24 gosh dang man there's gonna be another short episode which is probably fine some of y'all like the shorter episodes I'd imagine I don't know still getting lots of new listeners from all over the world still have a few regulars I don't really have a lot of regular listeners but that's okay because I can't make you listen you know and I'm not going to try to make anyone listen. You know, it's, it's no skin off my nose. I enjoy doing this. I enjoy talking. So we were talking about road trips. I have tea back here, but I'd have to put my phone down, unscrew the lid, and drink it. And it's room temperature, which is what I've been drinking all weekend at the uh, baseball game out of the jug. And people think it's, who knows what people think it is. I don't care. I mean, everybody was drinking beer and liquor drinks anyway at the baseball game. <laughs> there are some pot smokers but not, they were like vaping or eating jelly, jelly, like jellies, what do you call them, Uh, gummies, um, I guess I could have had one Friday, but I, uh, turned it down, I'm just, sometimes you just feel like you're in a good row, you're in a good path, and you don't want to mess with it, I'm trying to burp, and I can't have like a, there we go, um, man, this road is rough, Okay, I lost my train of thought because I'm trying to drive. I am driving through Winston County and it is just pine trees, pine trees, pine trees. I'm not a huge pine tree fan. There's a pine forest behind my house. Um, It's a great habitat for deer and turkey. I know the deer out there. I know because they get in my garden. Um, sometimes they, uh, leave their little poop pellets in my yard or back behind the yard in the area that I mow with the tractor, which I can't wait to do again. Oh, tractor time is like meditation. You know, the world goes away in tractor time. For some reason though, lawnmower time, I get aggro. Like I'll think about, like now I'll probably think about how like my ex has shunned my daughter. And I'll get angry. Luckily, it doesn't take long to cut my yard. And then I'll be off of it and over it. Or I'll think about how, like, there was someone I used to date who decided they didn't want to date anyone. And I'm a great guy. And then it's over. And so it's like, well, I guess I need to meet someone else. But I don't have a uh, co-ed dorm next to my house. So I don't know when I'll meet someone. Which is fine. Cool with that, too. Um, Someone somewhere somehow my name has fallen onto a brazilian in brazil dating site and i've been getting all these freaking emails and notifications about brazil these all these brazilian women wanting to chat with me or get to know me or i guess move here to america and marry me and then probably leave me and <laughs> You know, shack up with some asshole who runs off someone else's daughter. <laughs> not that you know, I'm saying any certain individuals are assholes. You know, that's what my dad told me when I left home to go to school at Mississippi State. There's lots of info you can part, you can uh, uh, partake is not the word I wanted to say. There's form, no. There's lots of info you can give your kids when they're going to college. You know, things like, uh, you know, think twice, make good decisions, you know, try not to get a sexual disease if you have the sex talk. Um, You know, have fun, but make sure you work on your uh, studies. You know, put those first and then make time for fun. All that. My dad said. He didn't go to college. He went to a trade school in New Orleans for two years, maybe, maybe less, and then worked for Pendleton, uh, security as a detective and a security guard, etc. maybe even a bank guard, Did a lot of different stuff in that, in that, uh, business down in New Orleans before he moved to Jackson, Mississippi and started his own business. But Old dad said to me, son, just remember, there are a lot of assholes out there. <laughs> I kind of laughed, thinking, okay, now he'll tell me, you know, some, some nugget of wisdom after the funny part. That's all he had to say. And, uh, but I remembered it, because I remember it still, don't I? And that's been a long time. And he was right, and he is right. And what I've noticed is there's more people than ever. I try not to say that there's more assholes than ever. I don't really believe that, although it's possible. What I believe, as far as there's more people than ever, there are more people than ever, yes. Which means there's more drivers on the roads than there ever have been, true which means there's more bad drivers on the roads. And so you've got to be careful when you're driving. I'm an old pro. I've been driving for, let's see, I started driving when I was nine years old in the cotton and soybean fields of the Southern Delta at Deer Camp. Drove an old Bronco, a 73 Bronco, three on the tree maybe, or maybe it was an automatic on the tree or something like that. That's what I drove for a year, and then he got a Ford pickup stick shift, and I had to learn to drive a stick shift. I was probably 11, 10 or 11, and learned to drive that off-road. And then by the time I was 14, they were letting me drive on the road at deer camp with somebody, or within my neighborhood at home, where it was a one, one road around the other side of the lake and back. And I remember one time, I don't think I was 15, and I'd driven over to uh, the Cully's house, which is the far side of the lake. The family I grew up, they're like my second family. You know, I still talk to Lou and Bethany. Um, I, me- I remember i driven over there, and everything was snow and iced over. The, even the streets were iced over. And they let me drive the pickup, four-wheel drive, over to the Cully's to hang out. And I was driving back, and that very first stop sign turn, I slid into just barely into uh, Dick somebody's yard and I almost hit his mailbox but I didn't and so I backed up and I started going home and then when I got down by the Jacobs house down the hill and then back up coming down Kyle Lane in the middle of the neighborhood uh, there was another car coming from the other direction and somehow I did a 360 slide in the middle of the road and I was backwards when Mr. Norcross passed me how that timing was so perfect, I don't know, but by the time I spun back around and was forward, I gave it a little gas and drove on home. It was <laughs> I can remember like it just happened. It was right in front of the Ainsworth house. And uh I get home and dad's waiting for me in the kitchen counter and he's like, so tell me about your drive home. Anything happened? I'm like, yeah, I almost hit Dick so-and-so's mailbox. I slid, but I stopped just short of it. He says, Oh, is that all? should have known better. I should have known that I was trapped. I should have known that Mr. Norcross found out who I was and whose truck that was and called my dad and said what happened even though we didn't collide and there was no damage to anything like mailboxes or vehicles. But he told him that I passed him backwards on the ice in a big pickup truck and didn't hit anything and, he got, and dad said, yeah, told me about yeah, Mr. Norcross crawled and said, you kind of s- spun around, and slid around his car and then kept on going. I was like, well, I didn't hit his car and I figured everything's fine. And he goes, well, you should have told me. And I don't think I got in bad trouble. I was 14. You know, I'm just a, I was just a teenage. What's that movie? I'm a teenage heartthrob. That's not it. I'm a teenage werewolf. <laughs> I'm just a teenage werewolf, dad my voice is a little hoarse because we were yelling at the uh, right fielder, oh, Mrs. right fielder all game long, which is what we do trying to get in their head and he didn't make a mistake. He bobbled a uh a one bounce line drive that kept him from making a throw down. That might have been might not have been close anyway. But what a great baseball game. And uh just remember I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up to the... And just remember... <laughs> old Harry Day said on Too True to The earth is your toilet. <laughs> you can go anywhere as long as you're not too embarrassed to go. Especially if you need to go real bad. I mean, I had to go real bad walking over to the Union the other morning. And I almost went right next to this construction site site below this uh behind this bush and tree beside this sidewalk down next to this fencing but it wasn't too far you walked past the chapel of memory church where i'd been to a good friend's funeral and i'd been to a good friend's wedding you know you know you, as you grow old you go through all these things this is such a ramble on episode but it's really about road trips and car camping. Maybe I'll call it car camping and toiletry. That, that'll that be a good name. You'll already know this, by the way. So, now we move on. See, I saw good friends this weekend. And I shook their hands and hugged their necks and told them I loved them. And I cared for them. And they're the same kind of people as I am. And you know, it's good people. And I would rather spend my time with a few good people than a big crowd of people who don't give a damn about you and I know some people that are selfish and don't give a damn and I pray that they find the error in their ways and straighten it out and mend their fences where they have messed up relationships including special close even relative Relationships, and I've seen, I've seen family feuds that were everything but trying to kill each other. I've, and you know, right under my nose, I've seen it. Not my family, but a family that I was knew all my life, know all my life. Talked to a lady today, of the mother of a friend of mine. She's a big fan of my work, and uh, her son and I. He was a great below me, but we went through elementary and middle school together and, uh, you know, knew each other on and off through college and here and there, even though we were in different circles. And he grills out in the outfield at Mississippi State, and his mom was there. I ran down there and hugged her neck, and she was just the sweetest thing. I I don't know how long I talked with her, 20 minutes, about everything. You know, people, neighbors, the good old days, you know it's just those things you gotta cherish the friendliness the communication do it make new friends I might have made some new friends today I may never see them I may only see them at baseball games but we'll remember each other and be friends because we shared experiences together good people you know spread that that uh, ripple of kindness where they're like man that guy was a nice guy you know, and so you're like riding high on... Man, I've met some people that are nice, you know. There are nice people out there. And then they're nice or nicer than they usually are. Or who knows. Or maybe that's the way they are too, which is awesome. And it, and it ripple effects out. And it spreads. And that's what we want to do. And it doesn't matter if you're white, black, yellow, red. It doesn't matter. Okay? It, re- it doesn't matter what religion. It doesn't matter. It's the individual They will show their true colors in time. And you can either help them become better or maybe they can help you become better. But that's the goal. For a better world. And that's all I got to say uh, about that. I'm messing up my phone here. So I'm going to sign off. Almost 40 minutes. Hell, I added 12 minutes to that thing. Just going blah, 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 blah. Peace. Yeah.